Hey, welcome to Lease FM. This is Lise, and this is my podcast. And I told myself after the last recording the last episode that I was going to change up the intro, and this is terrible, so maybe I should just stick to what I know. This week I'm joined by Amelia, who oh, has yeah. a last name. You probably can't But she doesn't need it. Hruby. <laughs> Hruby, that's Har- right. Hruby. Actually, mm-hmm. I can't say it because that was my gym teacher's name. Oh, that's crazy. Do you There's know so Mr. Hruby? <laughs> <laughs> he made us do square dancing, and we were very embarrassed. Old white dude. Well, I mean, I'm related to a lot of old white dudes, but I don't think I know the gym teacher one. <laughs> okay, got it. Well, <laughs> I hate the word dancing forever now. Fair enough. So um, I can say your last name, Amelia Hruby, but I've only ever known you as Amelia. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll call you. That's fine. <laughs> and Amelia is a local artist. I'm going to call you a writer, an Instagrammer, and a, a host at Chirp Radio, um, Chirp Independent mm-hmm. Radio in Chicago, um, and I'm very happy to have her here. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on. This is a blast. Um, it is a blast already, and I'm going to tighten up my uh, interview skills starting now because I didn't prepare you. <laughs> um, but, you know, essentially the, the point of this show, <laughs> since you don't know, <laughs> is um, that I talk to creatives, any kind of creative person. I've talked to meditation teachers. I've talked to, um, you know, authors. I've talked to musicians. I've talked to my dad. <laughs> talked to myself. No, not really. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do otherwise. Um, but about why they are doing what they do, why they why they have a fire for X, Y, or Z, why they love to be Steve Harvey's personal stylist. I interviewed him. That's crazy. <laughs> why they, you know need to write a book about the Cubs, um, mm-hmm. why they are uh, Tim Baltz, which was a big one for me. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, it was Exciting. crazy. Um, uh, so that is the name of the show, Tim Baltz. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Tim Baltz <laughs> is on the show. Um, also, just a shout out, Chris Wataski, um, who's an actor on Love on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. didn't know this. He's, he's a friend of mine now because I had him on the show and we just clicked a lot. And then I was kind of like, the whole way I got him on the show was like, I'm Rick Kogan's producer. I want to come on the Rick Kogan show when you're in town next. And he was like, yeah. And so, um, so then we organized that and it actually happened. And, and since then he's just like, you know, we're tight. Mm-hmm. I can sit on my front. He's probably like, Oh, that girl, <laughs> that girl that messages <laughs> me on Facebook sometimes. Um, but he was in lady bird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I he love played that business jock. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember business jock. Of course. Good my favorite jock. character. Was it good? Ladybird? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. You should really see it. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful film. I know. I know it is because I can like, everybody's been saying that and that's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So the chances of me seeing it and not liking it are like negative 5%. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think it's possible to not like it. Yeah. Maybe you can not love it, but, but you, loved you have it. to like it. I loved it. It was great. See, that's how I felt about La La Land, but then not everybody loved it. Oh, I hated it. Okay, Bye. This is nice, but I can't talk to you anymore. It's over. Next thing I know, you're going to be a White Sox fan. Um, okay, you're not even from here. Where are you from, Amelia? Tell me about you. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up there, went to school there, went to college there. Where'd you go? Um, well, I grew up in a very small town called Sanford, North Carolina. It's like a rural county of like 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this boarding school for high school, the end of high school. That sounds like a trip. It was fun. It's in Durham, North Carolina. Um, and from there, I went to college. I went to like a small women's college in Raleigh. Called? Meredith College. Wow, that does sound like a small women's college in Raleigh. It, yeah, it is How was small. It? Um, it was fine. Uh, I went there on this big fancy scholarship. It was a little like conservative and strangely now it makes perfect sense in my life that I went to a women's college, but at yeah. the time that was not intentional. Yeah, interesting. So... So the platform that you're here representing is one that you've built, and it's called Feminist Mantras. Is it called 50 Feminist Mantras? That's the name of the what it was originally, or is that the book title? So a little over a year ago, I started something that I called Feminist Mantra Monday and like spent over a year collecting these mantras and posting them every Monday. Well, I wrote them all, posted them, and then I collected them and put out this just put out a book What's called an example? 50 Feminist Mantras. Right. Yeah, so an example, let's see, there's one. I think the second one in the book is like Nurture Your Heart. So it's about trying to like reroute the ways that we tend to emphasize our more like analytic and mind focused selves, how we put we trust our rational powers over our like emotions or our intuition. So that mantra is about trying to rethink how we can actually trust our gut a little bit more, trust our hearts more and Mm -hmm. cultivate that knowledge as opposed to just like 
our logic processes. I'm going to read that just so that we kind of know what we're, yeah. uh, what we're dealing with slash me because this is the first time I'm holding the book. I mean, yeah. I've, I've followed along your, your posts and I love mm-hmm. them. Nurture your heart. How often do you stop and ask yourself what your heart needs? Not what your body needs or what your mind tells you, but what your heart needs, what the deep red organ of your emotions desires. I love that. This week's mantra is about embracing the side of yourself that feels profoundly and working to, uh, oh, that feels profoundly and working to articulate those feelings as desires that you respect and heed. When do you feel the most alive? When does your spirit overflow your body? When can you sense the surge of joy in your chest? That's your heart speaking. I love it. Thanks. That's so cool. Yeah. So I think maybe on the next page then there are like some questions that are supposed to be like writing prompts and you can kind of start to work with this mantra as a way to like do a bit of journaling for yourself. And then it's meant to be a mantra that you can carry throughout your week and kind of focus in on as you like struggle with making a decision or like when your mind feels scattered, you can kind of like repeat that to yourself. So it's a practice. Exactly. What you've what you've made isn't just a book. It's like a it's a practice for people. Exactly. So, yeah. So I started them on Instagram, but it felt very like Instagram is a platform you like scroll through and maybe you pause for like five seconds five maybe 30 seconds if you're like oh this like looks like a caption I want to read yeah Um, but it's so small and crampy exactly so really like I never intended to make a book but over time I was just like these things like Instagram and even I put them on my blog too but it's like not the best way to blogging is not on the tip of people's tongues anymore no it's not (laughs) to be honest I mean no but it's good that you have one and it was a good way to collect them all. Uh-huh. It served more or as good, like an archive. Exactly. And that's exactly what it should be now these days. Like, yeah. Because there's so many other. But then but then you, you did paper. <laughs> yeah, I went to paper. So well, I guess we'll, we'll get there on the journey because sure. I'm sure that books are huge for you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but let's start. Let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> eh? Eh? Yeah, I'm music. You. Okay. Yeah. Um, you didn't join in, but it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't sing okay. publicly on uh, recording. <laughs> Me neither. That was just like a <laughs> random tick. Uh, okay. So influence number one then, because you already thought of them, because I gave you a lot of time for this. Yeah. Um, Get it so together. Really- since no, we just talked about books, we'll start with a writer. Okay. So um, one of the writers that made me want to write is Rebecca Solnit, who actually writes a bunch for like Haymarket Press in Chicago. Um, okay. How do you spell her last name? S-O-L-N-I-T. S-O-L-N-I-T. This is also a great way for me mm-hmm. to get uh, book suggestions. Oh, yeah. So That's really why I host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so cool. Okay. So she is local? She's not local. She lives in California, I think. Okay. But she publishes through a local press. Um, oh, City Light, you said. Uh, Hayma- Haymarket. Haymarket. City Light's a thing, too, right? That's a... San Francisco store. Press, and there's a bookstore here, I think, called. Yeah. yeah. Okay. City Lit is the bookstore here. City Lights is a San Francisco. Do you live in thing. Logan Square? I used to. Not anymore. Did you know that today Parts and Labor closed? Oh, I didn't know that. That's sad for people who like to eat cheap burgers and have decent beer. Yeah. I mean, they have a really good vegetarian burgers. That's why I love it. Oh, yeah. That's it. a bummer. Um, anyway, sorry. That was just a little no, it's okay. drop of knowledge. Okay. Um, so. Rebecca, and and how did you find her? What what kind of books does she write, et cetera? Yeah, so the first book I read of hers is called The Field Guide to Getting Lost, and it's about traveling, and it's about, like, relationships, and it's about growth. And so I read that book. Um, Was it, like, a, is it, like, written as, like, a... a um, autobiographically is it like or it's a series of essays and they're mostly creative nonfiction. i would say okay. she's an essay writer um, love it and so it's a series of essays a lot about travel but they kind of do trace a bit of a memoir like they definitely pull from experiences in her life mm-hmm. um and she's a feminist activist and writer and um She's really wonderful. So that was the first book I encountered, and I read it while I was traveling. It became really important to me. Where were you traveling? I'm trying to remember the first time um, that I read it. I think, so after college, I went on a road trip. I, like, finished college. Me too, actually. That's exciting. Where'd you go? Um, Well, I finished college in North Carolina. I moved all my stuff into my apartment in Chicago, and then I drove by myself from Chicago all the way down to the California-Mexico border, all the way up to Vancouver, and then all the way back. By yourself? Yeah, so I spent about a month on the road. Okay, wow, that's so cool. Way cooler than mine, which was (laughs) with an ex-boyfriend. And and very stressful. Uh, yeah, and car camping. Sound, that doesn't sound fun. Um, it was it was fun. It was really okay, fun. Good. I went to ten national parks that I never would have gone to that otherwise, and I went to like four cities. But that's cool that you did it by yourself. I don't mean to like point at you, um, but that's so neat. I love it. So, um, okay, let's see. How 
how did you read it on your trip? Were you like, you were driving? Yes. What kind of car? So I drove a red pickup truck that I borrowed from my parents. <laughs> Stop. Are um, you boyhood? <laughs> um, yeah. I also, so yeah, so I drove this red pickup truck. I camped in the back of it. I slept in the back of it a lot when I was not in cities. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> I stayed, yeah, I stayed at campgrounds because I was okay. not trying to like be in the middle of nowhere by myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I read it like at night if I was camping or I would read it like when I was in a city, I was by myself. So I spent a lot of time just like kind of hanging out at coffee shops mm-hmm. or like going to happy hours at bars and just sitting by myself and watching people. And, and I would read. I read a lot on that trip. But this book really stood out and I read it more than once. Um, and it was just such a powerful meditation on what it means to like be in motion and what it means to be transient and what it means to like be in these liminal spaces. Yeah. So, I mean, I was between so many things in my life. I was between college and grad school. I was between this place I had lived my entire life and this new place I was moving. I was in the middle of a road trip. And so reading it was this like great meditation on what it meant to be in between all those things. I love it. It's a great wow. book. Okay, that's so special. I'm excited for this interview. <laughs> I was already, but now I'm really excited because we're 10 minutes in and we're already there. Um, okay, so that sounds magical. Um, and it sounds like that trip might have been kind of formative for you in in a bunch of ways, I would assume. Yeah, no, it definitely was. I um, I started probably like my first writing project on that trip and I called it Jill Kerouac because I was really... I also read on that trip. I read On the Road for the first time because... Because you have to. Yeah, I was a college English major. I had never read it. I was tired of like every hipster guy I had ever dated being like, I love Kerouac. You should read On the Road. And I was like, but I read it. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read it. What do you think? Um, I thought it was mediocre at best. I've read Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. That was really good. But then I didn't read it on the road. Yeah, On the Road. um, I just don't think there, there were not, there was no place in the narrative there for me to feel like I connected, for me to be like, yes, this is like, I can relate to this. It was a lot of like, I don't know, the white dudes being white dudes and like not having consequences and doing whatever they wanted. And like, which seemed like such a magical thing at the time because it was so free spirited, but, and liberal, but now it's like, uh, really reading between the lines. Uh -uh. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't (laughs) work. Yeah. Yeah. It feels gross. Um, and this was like. 2013 so it was even like I had read a couple essays on like road narratives and like feminist road narratives and why they we just didn't have them and I was like okay I'm gonna read this book and I'm gonna go out on this trip and I'm gonna figure this out for myself and I ended up writing a couple essays about like the ways that there was just I just couldn't relate to the book like the experiences they had weren't ones that I felt comfortable seeking out and like yeah also weren't the way I wanted to engage trips (laughs) yeah I wasn't trying to engage with the country that way either yeah so like I wanted to go see things and have different experiences so it was interesting um and that trip was great and it also really started like this like now like hobby and passion of traveling by myself and I travel alone a lot really that's been exciting you have been traveling lately Miss yeah. California. <laughs> yeah, so like you've been there twice back. in the last couple months. No, I was just there for two weeks. Oh, <laughs> so, just so a you're long there time. more than twice. I guess you're there every day. <laughs> yeah. So that's 14 days. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, jealous. How was it? And California was great. Um, I've got a bunch of friends and family out there, so I just went to visit like yeah. six different people, which wow. is nice. That's that awesome. Um, I love Cali. California. I'm making this musical. <laughs> Cali. Okay. Anyway, um, so. Okay, so so travel. And I'm with you on that. I'm wondering, this is just purely personal. Do you know Amy Guth? No. So she's a host here at WGN, and mm-hmm. she's like kind of a media mongrel in the city of Chicago. And mm-hmm. she's a big feminist and producer, cool. and, and she runs uh, her own podcast channel called Yak Channel. I mean, Podcast Network. Um, and a video or a film production company. She does everything. Mm-hmm. But she... I'm a good friend. Of, she's a good friend of mine, and um, she was on this podcast a long time ago. She... St- she went she was trying to like she was about to take a trip or something and she like just google searched like feminist travel or something mm-hmm. and she realized that that wasn't a website already so she just bought the domain mm-hmm. feministtravel.com okay and i don't know where it's at right now i like i interned for her like six months ago and we were gonna try to get going but we were focused on other things at that time so i just i'm saying this out loud on the on the air 
um, on the road <laughs> um, <laughs> that I'm going to get you in touch with her. No, that sounds great. I'm actually like I have a big the next project after this book is a feminist road trip podcast that I'm going to do next year. Thank and, and, you. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm going to listen. That's yeah. amazing. What's um, that even mean? So I'm going to call the project 50 Feminist States. And my goal is to travel around the country and interview women who like something changed in their lives after the last election and how they like perceive of like their feminism now. Whoa. So all sorts so of things. So it's political, it's feminist, it's travel. I love it. Yeah, it's all of that. And so it's going to be a little bit like a little bit oral history because I am an academic and I want to publish like these long form full interviews like as an archive. Like a studs turkle thing. Exactly. But the, also the, the every the every woman. Precisely. Yeah. Um, but also I want to make a podcast that's like more accessible and like pulls the voices together and lets me narrate a little bit more. And let's be honest, I would love to listen to a travel podcast but I've never really encountered one that I'm ever interested in. Yeah. There aren't any. What's yeah. that? Yeah. Why I, not? Well, funding. But how are you planning <laughs> on doing that? Just out of uh, uh, pure out of curiosity. Funding is going to be interesting. Um, I'm applying for a couple grants because I'm an academic and I'm going to call it oral history. There are a couple things I'm going to try to get that way. I plan to kickstart some of it. Um, I'm funding some of it with sales of this book. Um, hint, hint. Yeah. Buy it somewhere. Where? <laughs> on my website. AmeliaFreepy.com. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, a bunch of different ways. That's the idea for now. Are you looking to get it in stores? Um, yes and no. It is at Quimby's right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had never self-published it before, I have learned that I printed it through um, an Amazon platform, and a lot of places won't carry it because it's printed through an Amazon platform. That's dumb. It's like independent bookstores trying to be like, we don't We're we women. don't deal with Amazon. Yeah. It's like, I get it. I totally yeah. respect it, but, but it means still. that, yeah. Well, I another personal thing. Sorry, this is like this is our first this real conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work my day job is at a a wellness center and spa in in the suburbs, which sounds random, but I'm this I'm a manager of like the store. Oh, rad! And I bet they'd sell it. I don't know. That I mean, it'd be wonderful. cool. Yeah, even I, if you just if we like start with ten copies of the book. Yeah, totally. Most places start with like five, so yeah. I'd be happy to. And we could just that put out. it right because we don't have any books, but we could just put it right up by the cash register, and I can just be like, read this. Cool. I interviewed yeah. her. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> it's all just pluggy. Um, so very cool. Great first influence. Let's get on to number two. Okay. So the second one, I picked another writer, but um, also a feminist and feminist writer and famous feminist activist, Audre Lorde. Okay. Um, so I feel like totally idiot. I don't know her either. It's okay. You don't have to know her. Okay. Um, so she is kind of a famous... She calls herself like a, I always get the order wrong, but it's like black lesbian feminist warrior poet or something like that. That's how she referred wow. to herself. That's a lot. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. Um, black so, lesbian feminist poet writer. Warrior. warrior. War- oh, warrior in the there warrior somewhere. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. I love it. Yeah, so she wrote a lot and of poetry and essays, and there's a published collection of hers called Sister Outsider. That's probably her most like famous collection at this point. Um, and she, her work is just like really astounding and influential to me. Like her concepts of eroticism and of like anger and political action and of like the relationship between white feminism and women of color and like she's writing this like in the the 70s and like 80s so. oh wow oh so she's before your time yes she passed away she died in, like i'm gonna get the year wrong she died sometime yeah, i don't hey, want to get this wrong she's in hey, my dissertation siri. so i need to get this right hey siri <laughs> she died in 92 sorry wow you have faster <laughs> thumbs than my bitch ass <laughs> siri, siri. Um, Yeah. So Sister Outsider came out in 84. She died in 92 of cancer. Um, And yeah, so she's a thinker in my dissertation. And just like her work is really powerful because it kind of in my book, I talk a lot about like nurturing your heart. I talk about soft power. And what she does is she writes about how like there is this specific feminine power that like exists like in kind of this dark place inside us that is our intuition and that we have to tap into that power to have that that's feminine power mm-hmm. and that's very different than like the assertive aggressive masculine power that we see in the world all the time that is that has been drilled into us as being power exactly because we don't see a feminist power that's exactly. just feminist power is like well it either tries yeah. to like mimic that masculine power and like that doesn't really work because point. it doesn't it's not we're different yeah. animals Ugh. yeah or even or, just like or 
that kind of power is what has like destroyed our world Mm -hmm. in so many ways like that power is dominant and it takes everything over and it only believes in like logic and i mean it has historically but right now look at the administration it's really really soft power oh yeah lots of soft power there (laughs) sorry um yeah yeah so she like she gives us this like theory of like a different kind of power that we can cultivate and that women have and that we've been it's been like trained out of us Mm -hmm. but that we have to like find again and resurface and so like i love her writing and she's been super influential for me so cool and 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 then that's cool that that you're mentioning her early on too because like the black feminism versus the white feminism which i hate that it has to be colorized but i mean Mm -hmm. it, it kind of i'm not saying it has to i'm not saying anything about it but it's just that's what it is so it, yeah. talk to me about what what that means to you yeah so or I mean, are you just colorblind or is oh it God, is it no. right to be colorblind or no, wrong it's wrong to that's claim what I to be colorblind yeah okay i'm just i don't i don't know if I'm, what I'm, no no I, i'm happy to have these conversations so yeah. like the other thing i do is like teach classes in sex and gender and like teach feminist theory and philosophy so this is a big part of my life okay cool um so white feminism is basically this idea that there's such a thing as like a universal woman and that feminism like takes care of everybody. So like everyone should be a feminist because feminists like fought for voting rights and like are fighting for equal pay and all of this, which like on the surface sounds great. But what ends up happening in that sort of claim is that the voices, marginalized voices, particularly voices of women of color, voices of people with different abilities, voices of people from lower classes, get really get erased. And feminism... Or sexualities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so women from all different sorts of like gender and sex backgrounds Mm -hmm. like they get erased from that conversation and it turns into this like feminism for white upper class kind of like feminism for dummies straight women yeah and it becomes the watered down it's the it's not the watered down it's what they need but it doesn't fulfill the needs necessarily of of these other exactly groups it doesn't consider them and it it erases and suppresses them even like we could even be a little stronger so are we talking lena dunham I struggle with Lena Dunham. Yes, many people would say that. Um, I love girls. Many, many, many I really, people would say I, that. I yeah. will unashamedly say that I really love the show Girls. <laughs> and I watched it, you know, with all my white girlfriends at college. Yeah. So it was like, I I didn't even really, I realized, I guess, that it was super white. But like, then I realized when Donald Glover came on for like the guest star thing, I was like, oh my God, he's the first black person I've seen on this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing like an unlikable Republican. Yeah. So what's that about Lena Dunham? Yeah, so I think, like, the nice counterpoint to Girls is, like, Brown Girls, the Mm -hmm. show that's, like, set in Chicago and, like, has done so well since it came out. And, like, that's a beautiful show that I haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh, you need to see it. I know I do because I'm in a web series class right now at Second City and they keep talking about it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it tells very similar stories, but it includes all of these different perspectives. It includes, like, women of color, men of color, people from all different, like, sexuality. People who... Sorry, No, you're fine. Um, It's just a great series. So I think that that's a good contrast to try to say that like white feminism is just this idea of like universal womanhood that becomes white and upper class and straight and cis. Even the 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 title girls is ridiculous. Now that I'm thinking about brown girls, I didn't even realize like that's a fucking direct commentator commentary. It seems like it or it seems like it in this conversation it does. But I don't. Yeah, isn't. But like girls, it's claiming every every girl. Yes, and then it's just a cast of white women. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we just got somewhere. This is good. This is great, and we're only 20 minutes now. This is, <laughs> every 10 minutes, girl, you're blown. I'm speechless. Uh, okay, so next influence, influence is Lena Dunham, right? No. <laughs> Should we talk about, about her in the news real quick? Sure. What are you, uh, what's your read? What What's the deal? She's uh, She's kind of lying about some some sexual it's, yeah stuff or allegations or it's like really really it's such hot a hot button it's really hard i yeah. mean so like basically my understanding at least of what happened is that there was a claim from a cast member on her show against a crew member on her show about sexual harassment and um uh like Female to male. Yes. A uh, female cast member, as far as I understand, and a male mm-hmm. crew member. Okay. Um, and I didn't hear this part of it. Lena Dunham came out to say, like, we don't believe this happened. We support this, like, crew member that we know and have worked with for a really long time. Um, and it was an actress that made the allegation? I believe so. God. I don't want to get this wrong, but I think that's... That's okay. I read it a couple that's of fine. times. People can Google it. Okay, so that's the basic... Yeah. So basically, then people are saying like, you, you're a phony. They, yeah. They like they're saying you can't 
theoretically, like the argument is you can't um, call yourself a feminist and like deny the stories of women who are talking about their their rape and harassment. Um, so, oh, my gosh. What a time, Amelia. It's a rough time. No, no, I'm saying it's rough. But what I'm saying about you mm-hmm. is that this came out at the perfect time. I'm holding Something the book, like that. listener. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it did. I'm Hopefully. telling you. I don't I don't care about sales and, and everything. Yeah, no. But yeah. but on that note, I can get you on Rick Kogan's show and he will love to talk to you. <laughs> um, but um, I'm talking to you about about as you an academic releasing this book now Mm -hmm. did you anticipate the me too movement did you know that this was coming no so you who study studies i mean like and lives and breathes gender and gender norms and gender stereotypes um on on a certain sense like it's obvious this must be happening i mean everyone i know has an experience with some kind of like boss or colleague or whatever where this has happened to them everyone i should say me too as a woman yeah (laughs) yeah uh me too we have like seemingly been there so I think there's a certain sense where I'm not surprised yeah what's interesting about the feminist mantra project is I started this project like two weeks before the election when like everybody believed Hillary was going to win and I was like planning on like so writing this, is, this like, like a celebratory yeah this is like a that's celebratory hilarious. project I mean that's not funny but no. it's funny kind of um of but then it just took this like totally different term and it be- turned and it became like a survival method kind of and like turned into something very very different so that's what's funny about I love it yeah when you ask about like did I anticipate this like with the project no the idea was like victory lap all the way and then it was yeah it's survival and it's self-care and like that's that's what it's for and you know self-care is is such a it's funny I, I I just um led a group of women in a detox like a like a through this wellness center and mm-hmm. I, I'm saying led by like I, I did all the Facebook posts for two weeks and, and whoever paid to be in this cleanse or detox was in this group mm-hmm. aka a bunch of uh, Hinsdalian women mm-hmm. <laughs> Hinsdale is a very nice suburb of western of the west <laughs> western part of Chicago mm-hmm. um, so moral of the story though is that like self care was one of the days like the themes or whatever we have like acupuncture and facials and ionic foot detox paths mm-hmm. Lux Organics <laughs> come stop by <laughs> I'm charging them for that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I wish. But um, I, I like was doing research on self care, and I, I came across like a list of like, thirty ways to self care. You know, on Buzzfeed yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, what is self care? Like, tell me what self care is for women as opposed to men, or is it just a general thing? What is it? Yeah. So I actually wrote like a whole essay on this. Perfect. Read um, me part of it. Do you, can you pull it up? Yeah, I can. Great. That's awesome. So I love I technology, s- don't you? Yeah, I started actually. It's really fits into my last influence because I wrote it about this quote from Audre Lorde. So after the election, particularly, people started pulling out this quote. It ended up in all of these BuzzFeed articles, and her quote says, "Caring for myself is not self-indulgence; it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare." Warrior. Yeah. So we saw, like, I saw a lot of people saw all of these, like self-care articles saying like particularly and she's speaking from the position of like a woman of color a lesbian woman of color um saying that like her taking care of herself her making sure she survives and thrives is an act of political warfare because her perspective is so under unheard is so marginalized that just her survival is that political act and so that quote started getting put everywhere. And I, on the one hand, I was like, yes, like everyone should love Audre Lorde and read Audre Lorde. On the other hand, you were like, these people are just reading this quote and they're just posting on their Instagram. Yeah. And they're the, not actually yes. participating in, in her literature. Well, not even that. Just more so like she means something really specific by caring for herself. Yeah. Um. So self-care, Which I Which isn't like, I gave myself a manicure. Yeah. It's not facials and baths. Um, it's really <laughs> not. Like, I love facials and baths. Yeah. Like, no, I like, mean, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. But that's not what Audre Lorde is talking about. So, like, what she's talking about. Because um, that's hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get your bath and, like, your salts and your flowers. Right. And, like, you take your Instagram pictures of it and, like, whatever. That's probably more and than hygiene. Then you hygiene. drop your phone in the water. What? I did that a couple yeah, weeks ago struggle. when I was trying to vlog from the bath. It was really messy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So Audre Lorde is not talking about this. She's really, um, I think, talking about like this whole kind of understanding she has of like eroticism, which is to say that she talks about being erotic as like being deeply connected to other people. It's not about sex. It's not about like the way we tend to think about erotic as like almost pornographic. It's really about like vulnerability and intimacy. Yeah. And so self-care is like creating spaces where you can be vulnerable and intimate with yourself and with others. Wow, vulnerable and intimate. But not necessarily in a sex way. No, not about sex, not about romance, just about like relationships. Interesting. I interviewed a, uh, like I said, a meditation teacher, like mm-hmm. towards the beginning of this podcast, Lorna, her name is, and she, um, she came in with instead of five influences, she came in with four of her like founding things. It's these four M's: it's mindfulness, meditation movement and masturbation and that was turning yourself on so i guess okay, maybe similar similar uh well i mean concept it's, not not, it's not literally but like in, yeah. a, in a yeah audrey lord she's trying to talk about the way that like the only way that we're going to build a politics that can fight back against this sort of like masculine power is if we are so deeply like connected and committed to each other that we can overcome these sorts of like rational connections i.e january what was it 21st 2017 what was that was that the, the women's, women's march? march yeah i believe so yes yeah I mean, but I, only sort of like that ah, was the beginning okay yes no i know i'm just saying literally coming together yes that was pretty cool it was very cool yeah and we would have to like be vulnerable and talk to people like talk to strangers at the march and like really create these connections and yell can, with them and, and yes raise our voices which does stuff but it sort of happens but it's deeper than that it's yeah. not just that like show not a march. Of, yeah. yeah it's not just like getting a bunch of people in one place which is like super incredibly powerful to see and like part of my road trip podcast next year is like based on that it's based yeah. on like okay We've made it when I get on the road, like 18 months out from that. Like, what are people still doing? <laughs> hopefully we've made it. Yeah. Hopefully we're still around. <laughs> Hi, Korea. What's up? Yeah. Just kidding. Um, so, yeah. So that's. Um, yeah. That's Audre Lorde. And so, so self-care is just to say, like, I think we see it a lot in these sorts of like spa settings and we see it a lot in these sorts of like do your nails and hang out and drink wine settings. And those are important things, but it has to go farther. Self-care isn't just about you. It's about the relationships that you have and cultivate. Right. And yeah. that's super important. Self-care isn't about you. It's about the relationships that you, what? Cultivate. Is that a mantra? No, but it should be. <laughs> that's 51. We'll, we'll make an addendum. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So or that's the exclusive mantra of, of the <laughs> Lisa Femme interview with Amelia Ruby. Okay. Um, we have two influences, and we've been talking for about 30 minutes, so that cool. <laughs> time's out. Kind of okay, but we got to pick it up. Um, that's fine. Because I do have work in one hour. Um, oh, my gosh. And that's okay. Only for one hour, so that's great. Solid. Go ahead with number Third. three. So number three is Oprah. Love it. Okay, you know what's <laughs> funny about Oprah? Do you have a Finsta, a Finstagram, a fake Instagram? No. Do you know what it is? No. My high school friend, I'm friends with high schooler. What? Who am I? Whatever. Uh, hi, Colleen. Love you. Um, she was like, do you have a Finsta? Follow my Finsta. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I follow you on Instagram. You know, she's like, no, it's a fake Insta. It's like where you put all your your random whatever other posts that you don't want everyone to see. It's just a private thing. Like a... That's and so, so then I, on my Finsta, which is my name spelled backwards, Mahargaseel, <laughs> um, I follow her and Oprah because I was like, I don't really want to follow Oprah on my main one. I don't want to see everything that she posts, but like, oh, I'll, I'll, sure. I'll throw her, a, I'll throw her a follow on my Finsta. On Finsta. That's, I didn't even know Oprah had Instagram. I don't follow her on Instagram. Well, I just saw it in the Discover section, which I hate the Discover section on Instagram. Yeah. It's the creepiest, grossest, like scum of the earth bullshit posts. Yeah, I'm never in there. It seems I really, just it's always, always like yeah. scan through. I'm like, oh, you know, and then I see like a bug eating a whatever. It's just gross. Um, <laughs> Oprah, why? Um, so I listened to WBEZ's Making Oprah podcast like I more, didn't listen to that. more than once all the way through this How year. Is it? It's really great. Um, and I just think it's so um, wonderful and powerful to hear stories of women who like kick ass and like really like i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. what if i did that to agree with people oh man people would not want to be on your podcast i agree okay um so um that was very cleansing in my nasal mm -hmm. passages i'm glad that everybody got to hear that but and i don't have the cough button in front of me um so 
you said that that the making Oprah podcast was about making her like literally is it is it like a- yeah it starts from like the beginning of her career and explains like how she got to where she is and then there was that like amazing Vogue piece on her this fall that was about like her like estate that like and everything that she's built for herself and like I just think she's this amazing example of like a a woman a person a woman a black woman who her success is only attributable to her like she did she's this for, for herself and she worked her ass off yeah and she became an icon like she's to- the the she's synonymous with so many like everybody knows her name everybody yes. yeah everybody knows her name. oprah yeah. five letters yeah so i don't know any other oprahs in, in my life in the world you no, know I, I mean they assume they exist but she's yeah. also the only one obviously right. yeah um yeah so she's an influence for me i mean i think just listening to that story was fascinating and i think it's important to just keep Do they interview her yes that happens so like i think you get through either on the second or the third episode it's very short it's like a serialized like four episode maybe three or but four it's not episodes. serial <laughs> But it's not serial. Um, Count two, just because you're a radio nerd like me. You got it. So, no, it's just an amazing podcast. And I knew, like, somewhat about her career, but it was really great to hear these stories. And, like, they interviewed a lot of people she worked with coming up and her early producers. And, like, everyone was just, like, her work ethic and her energy and her positivity. And, like, it also talked about the way that, like, the Oprah show had, like, kind of different threads. And, like, not all of them went well. And she, like, tried to go, like, super soulful. Like, people kind of tuned out. She had to, like, she was responsive. But she also just like drives culture yeah and I just think seeing that as somebody who writes and who does radio and who is interested in that sort of like cultural impact I think it's really powerful to see a woman do that cool and it's funny because like Oprah's so like Oprah I don't know she's such a she's such a household name that it's easy to write her off as just Mm -hmm. being a phony yeah you know and like this the the pot or what what did they what did she uh give out under her the keys to, to the, the cars. cars yeah i you said get a car. pots because yeah. <laughs> because have you ever listened to my dad or to porno no it's like on my list of girl like, right. go it's, it's there because oh my god so shout out to any blinkers out there i just totally referenced that show without even thinking about it and i have to send them this clip of the podcast <laughs> like this time. but basically um belinda blinked it's like it's this podcast about belinda who's a high-powered businesswoman that knows how to you know she Mm -hmm. uses sex in business she Mm -hmm. works for steels pots and pans as like their head salesperson Uh and uh but she's speaking at the o2 arena which if you've been to england it's like it's like speaking at united center you know Mm -hmm. at a concert but like so she's headlining at the o2 arena at this pots and pans convention and she like gives a five second like little speech that we hear in the book because basically this guy's dad actually wrote a porno and, mm-hmm. and or a, an erotic book which is totally talk about something that's not feminist but it's hilarious because <laughs> I just make fun of it so it's funny because um, it's just kind of poking fun at all of this like mm-hmm. guys don't know anything about biology or whatever yeah. or some some guys do many guys obviously many I mean especially of that age and whatever yeah. it's funny it's great but shout out to uh <laughs> I'm gonna send them the little um so but she says like if you look under your mm-hmm. chair you get uh, <laughs> a stainless steel walk and everyone's Beautiful. like ah you know so yeah and so yeah. they always so now with that podcast which is this mm-hmm. is goals okay they they're on tour world tour mm-hmm. and they always like have joked like yeah we gotta get get those uh 20,000 walks to put under the, all the chairs. <laughs> yeah, so that that's why great. I just said that. No, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yes, Oprah did the car. Actually, in the podcast, they talk about like the writing session when like you get a car, you get a car, you get a car was like written and how like that was like a thing that they had to come up with to like and how impactful that was. Um, it's a really great podcast. Okay, I, I would highly suggest. Thank you because I need it. I need new some. I always need new podcasts. It's sadly only like three or four episodes, but yeah. it's still really good. But I almost I like that more. Like the, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be more of those. Like just yeah. series that are just like end. You know, like mm-hmm. S Town. It was just like yeah, it's magical, but it's like a mini series instead of like a and then it's ongoing over. thing. Yeah, yeah. it's over. Like unlike this one, which is kind of just like an endless concept. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't care what anyone says. I've released a podcast every Friday for 35 Fridays or something. Yeah, so no, I'm that's like, wonderful. Screw it. You know, it yeah. isn't just like, this is like my, my audio blog, um, but yeah. more interesting than me talking. So let's get back to you. Number four. <laughs> 
Unless you have um, something else to say about Oprah. No, Oprah's wonderful. So I think number four, I'm going to do another writer, and I'm going to pick um, Roxane Gay, who wrote the book Bad Feminist. Oh. And is one of my favorite feminist writers, mm-hmm. um, and one of, I think, the biggest feminist voices in the U.S. right now. Cool. What's her deal? Um, who so is she? She writes essays about, like, all sorts of things. She writes essays about feminism in the U.S. She writes essays about... Um, being a black woman in the U.S., she writes essays about being an obese woman in the U.S. Yeah. She writes about TV. She like live tweets The Bachelor, which I love, and um, then makes fun of it, and loves it. But like, it comes from like a genuine place. And her book yeah. is called Bad Feminist because she's like, "Can I love The Bachelor and call myself a feminist?" And right. Like, and it's Roxanne Gay. Yes, Roxanne Gay. Okay. Is she English? No. American. No. Yes. Okay. She has a new book out called Hunger. And she had to put a book out last year called Difficult Women. Okay. Have so. you? Okay. Hunger and Difficult Women. I'll have to check her out. Cause, you know, what What about her is so good for you? She's just like a strikingly fresh voice, I think. She's very blunt. She's very straightforward. And like she, Lena Dunham. Yeah. But like. I'm kidding. The that was a joke. Like yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the what antidote you, to right, Lena antidote. Dunham. Oh, my God. Um, That's good. I like that. Yeah. Antidote to Lena Dunham. Uh, okay. Oh, man. If Roxanne Gay ever her heard time this. Line, her uh, tagline. I'll, I'll, I'll add her hate in the, this. In oh, my God. She would hate this. Um, but no, I just think that she has this really nice way of grappling with all the challenges of calling yourself a feminist mm. in 21st century America, which is things like. How do we watch TV and like TV? How do we like move through the world and like like our bodies date? and be feminists? Like how do we do all of these yeah. things? Um, and she like takes us on on her writing. She takes us on on her Twitter. Um, I've seen her speak live multiple times, and she like does great audience Q and A where she like really encourages young feminists to like go out and be active in their communities, but also will like critique people who like say dumb shit because yeah. a lot of people do when they're talking. So she's like, calling people out. Yeah. So I think she's on both. saying they're feminists. It's like when you're like. I'm vegan. <laughs> like when I say I'm vegan and then last night I go to a party and I eat goat cheese. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I'm sure I'm a bad feminist in a lot of ways too, but it's like how I guess the fact that like I try and and that's probably her, her through line, right? Is mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't ever be anything like it, it's in this world. Who's a perfect feminist? Yeah. I mean, in a certain sense, we're all bad feminists. Or at yeah. least that's what she's trying to say in that book. But the point is to just try to be better, not to like give up, but just to right. recognize like, yeah, in this, we live in such a deeply patriarchal world that yeah. you can't. Especially now. Yeah. Things are, there's, yeah. Shit's going to, you're going to have to deal with shit that's not feminist and do shit that's Which not feminist. Which is crazy because it's what, 2017? Mm-hmm. And this is the same shit, different day as when our parents were our age. Mm-hmm. And their parents. And their and parents and, and forever. The, their, their parents, yeah. <laughs> Except for that one little community and somewhere in like, I think an Asian like tribal thing is like the woman is in charge. <laughs> there are some matriarchal societies, yeah. yes. That, that's a thing I hear. Some, we'll say. Yeah, <laughs> a few. Um, like perhaps. two. Yeah. Um, so, very cool. That sounds awesome. I need to check her out. I, it reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, Catelyn Moran, How to Be a Woman. Yeah, that's a Love really that funny book. I, it's so funny. It's such a good audio book. She narrates it, and I love her. Oh, I like, bet that is good English audio. Accent. She's um, really funny. That leads me to to ask you, are you going to do an audio version of this? I don't think so. So part of the reason it's a book is because I really wanted people to be able to, like, sit with it and Yeah, I'm noticing there's a, there's a like, blank page in between each. There's a blank page after every mantra. Which is nice. Okay. So, I mean, so I went... You asked at the beginning, like, I put something out on paper, which is, like, so old school at this point. It smells good, too. It's a book. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But the point is, like, I want people to sit down with it. So there's no Kindle version on purpose. Um, I don't think there will be an audio version. Yeah. Um, I am doing, like, why Why pen and paper? Why can't it be a... A thing on the iPad where you you stencil it on, or you you know, there's like a page that you draw on. I suppose that's real. But no, but for you, for me, I think. Why are you removing it from the digital? Because it started on Instagram. I it's like those stores yeah. that start online and then they have brick and mortar. It's cool. Like Everlane that just did that. Yes. Did they? They just got their first the shoe brick and mortar. Or they make clothes and clothes. shoes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think. I don't figure things out about myself when I'm interacting with them digitally. Like, I don't figure out who I am on my Facebook. Like, posting pictures on Facebook is not how I figure it out. It's, like, in my journal. And I've been a writer for a very long time. So I think that's important to me and Mm -hmm. important that people pause with that. And so I suppose, like, having a 
it on your iPad and writing there would be one thing, but I don't really know anyone who does that with Kindle books. They just like flip through them on their yeah. Kindles really fast. And then they like go to their yeah. texts. And like, I feel like if you want it as a Kindle, then you can just go read some of the original posts on my Instagram. I don't right. think it's that different. Yeah. Um, granted this book, like I took all the original posts. I got rid of like over half of them, rewrote all the ones that existed and then wrote a bunch of new ones. So yeah. it's not the same material. No. That's good. But yeah, but if you want to do it like a Kindle, you can just go look at my blog and like scroll through and read them and that would be fine. But I think this really pushes people to like sit down. It's a practice, like you said, and it's a practice that needs to be meditative. Mantras are for meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so so cool. And it reminds me um, in a way, and this is maybe what your fifth influence might be. I don't know, but not this particular one, but of the inspirational content variety, um, Mm -hmm. something that's directly supposed to help the listener the reader the instagram follower mm-hmm. i really benefit from this thing called tut the universe by mike dooley mm-hmm. who is um he's like a you know the secret he's in the secret you mm-hmm. know he's like one of those guys yeah um but he runs he, he every every morning I get an email. I will read you one now. And um, every every weekday morning I get an email at three in the morning and I know it comes every like clockwork, you know, mm-hmm. um, for, and I've done this since college. And <clears throat> and it's just like good, really inspiring, thought provoking things about law of attraction and about being a person in this world. And what mm-hmm. um, let me just read you one just just because I want to give them a shout out. And it's just like, it's like my little secret. I feel like when you find these things that inspire you, like even mm-hmm. your, I'm sure your Instagram f- like presence for people has been like a little secret. That's like, ah, I know that I'm going to like <laughs> have a Monday thing, you know? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. So here's just a random one from December 7th from the universe to me. When in doubt, lease, give, let them have it, surrender, make peace. When there's no doubt, lease, give, let them have it surrender make peace did i make life too easy the universe um so you know it's just like things like that but it's similar yeah yeah definitely idea no for sure structurally speaking so was there one mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about or or did you feel like a lack of that and that's what inspired you to start this with the feminist thing yeah so i would say that like i think it's very similar i mean that's a very like almost a mantra it's very it sounds very meditative it's more words so I think mine are really brief because they're meant to be like something very very concise that you can hold on to but I think what I saw was lacking is I wanted this emphasis on feminine and feminist consciousness Mm -hmm. and like if you work through this book the idea is that you have like a mantra for each week and there are 50 of them so it's almost an entire year like my feminist mantra monday project and if you go through them, like anyone, whether they identify as male, female, gender, non-conforming, non-binary, you'll develop this sort of feminine consciousness that's going to put you more in touch with the feminist politics. A soft power. A soft power. What's a soft power? What's that mean? So soft power is precisely the, what it sounds like. the opposite of this sort of masculine power we've been talking about. It's not aggressive. It's not phallic. It's not based on the logic of the mind. It's not based on dominating others. It's based on vulnerability. The heart. Intimacy. The heart. The gut. Um, intuition intuition love it yeah so it's you'll develop that if you take the time to sit down with these and write about yourself and meditate on them each week and that also helps build so I call that like a feminine soft power but also I think a lot of the mantras push relationships and push action in the world and that's how you get the feminist politics out of it as well exactly this is great I this is really special and I did not know that it was nearly this well formed um, or like this I'm looking at the book now and really so you give us like a couple pages of of your intro a note about mantras and then and then it's basically right to it on page 15 it's winter and I love that because I'm going to save this for the first week of January and you released it at the perfect time I'm so proud (laughs) of you okay number five so I feel like I had I have to do a musician because as you mentioned in the beginning I am a host on Troop Radio yes I have um a show every Tuesday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. 
Shout Are you out? friends with a Pete Zimmerman? Yes, I know Pete. I, yeah. mean, I didn't tell Pete I was coming here, but I should have. Oh my God, we'll send him a pic. Um, his show is right after mine. So yeah, I, see, I figured. I see he's Pete. nine to noon, right? I see Pete every Tuesday morning. I love him. Um, he's the and best. I love his wife. She's and the best. And their cute house and their little dogs. And they're like her adorable cards. We just yes. went and saw a bunch of them today. Yeah. At yeah, no, they're the best. Um, yeah. Shout out Pete. I know he listens sometimes, so. Shout out we Pete. We love yeah. him. He'll listen probably to this one, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, so. Every Tuesday from eight to nine, I host this thing called Girl oh, La Familia Green. That's just another. Yeah, shout out. that's sorry, her, her stationary company, which is great. Yeah. Um. So I host Girl Power Hour on Chirp one hundred seven point one FM every Tuesday from eight to nine a.m. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I like to feature music by my my list is um women, femmes, LGBTQIA plus individuals, gender nonconforming, non-binary persons, and some girl power allies. Not not men. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Music by which is great. Not cis. Which is men. fine because you um, know what? Of the music that we hear on the radio, most of it 60%, 70, 80, yeah, 90%. You, it's like Hollywood. Hollywood that statistic came out last year, 85% yeah. of, you know, um which yeah. is terrifying. It is terrifying and like if you look at even like if you're not terrifying but predictable. But terrifying. Yeah, it's problematic. It's not changing. It's not changing. If you look at Spotify, put out their like most listened to artists in mm. 2017. Yeah, I'm all scared. of all of them were men, except for the most listened to female artist category that they added. So literally everything else, all of the like across genres, like the big one they did, it was all men. Most listened to songs, most listened to album, Who? most listened to like artists. Drake, like Chance. Um, like. I don't even think it was like people I don't listen to. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna get it because Maroon it's like, Five and it was not Justin Maroon Bieber. Five. Oh my gosh, I know this band. The I'm Weekend. Totally blinking. It's not The Weekend. It's like none of those people. Chain Smokers. Chain Smokers. Yes. <laughs> There's a girl in that, but um, yes, but no, <laughs> the like, token girl. Yeah, in the band. I think that's who it was, but maybe I'm. I'm like constantly just sitting here googling. Well, things. you don't listen to this music, so it doesn't matter. It's not my normal life. Um, so. I partially started this because like I would go on the radio for three hours and get to the end and realize I'd played like all white dudes with guitars. And I was like, oh, this is bad. So funny that you say that because I've had several musicians on here that or even Amy Guth, the one that I was telling you about. She's a big feminist and stuff. And she's like, we get to her third influence. And she's like, I know, I know. It's funny because like three of my five or whatever are are white men because she was talking about Morrissey. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, you know, I, I. at a point it's like I don't know that's just a whole no hole. but no I mean but like cause, when cause mine are all women good purpose, I, that's purposely. great like, I'm glad I well yeah they're all I'm glad for that they good. are all okay, women so, let's so the five. fifth one I'm really struggling with this between two artists that's okay um, just t- name them both it's so, music so just yeah say what, so I was trying to go with music women's music yeah so the artist I've played most on girl power hour is Mitski and she's a huge influence for me like musically and I love her Twitter and I love seeing her live she's yeah. very open with her audiences she's very vulnerable she's What's very like her, straightforward who, wh- who's she like who are her influences would you say uh, that's a, is she electronic is she she's pop? like is she, she, I would say she's like PJ Harvey St. Vincent okay um Ooh, in love that her. vein yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay cool she's how do you she's spell her fantastic. name M- M-I-T-S-K-I oh I've seen that around but I yeah. didn't know how to say it okay so she's fantastic and yeah. I just really love her music but if I was trying to think I wanted my influences to all be people who have impacted my feminism yeah and probably for that it would be this artist um Princess Nokia Nokia I don't know what the emphasis is in that. Um, but she is like a Nokia. Nokia. Like yeah. Bell. Like, yeah. That's um, awesome. Okay. So she's like this cute name Afro Caribbean rapper and hip hop artist. Okay. Um, and she talks a lot about her feminist politics and the way it includes women of color and the way it mm. includes urban settings and the way it includes different classes. Yeah. And like she's very intersectional and discusses this a lot in the super approachable way in a super like. Like, I'm not academic, but I get this academic shit, and I don't, like, I'm not interested in ma- putting it on that level. I'm interested in, like, it being in the, For the streets. People. Yeah. So I think she's she's an amazing artist. Like, yeah. she has song, like she has a song called Tomboy that if, I hope many people have heard it, and this is old news, but if you haven't, you should go listen to. Is she, li- is um, she, um, is she independent? I think so. Is she from Chicago, or? No, I think she's from New York. Okay, cool. Um, And there's a whole, like, YouTube video I've watched where she, like, teaches you how to make rose water. And, like, she's fantastic. Oh, my God. I love it. That's so so that's, like, self-care, too. Wow. Um, so I would say she's someone that, like, you know, part of, we talked about white feminism before. Like, so for me, part of, like, 
negotiating my whiteness happens every day. And I try to be very upfront about that. Um, and the way I do that. <laughs> Story of my- yeah. The way I, I mean, do the, yeah, yeah. The way I do that is to listen to women of color feminists and to like try to promote their voices. And so, I mean, if I think about, yeah, the influences I've list- listed here, like all of them, like Oprah, Roxanne Gay, Princess Nokia, like. Three of five. Audre Lorde. Um, oh, four. Oh, four. Yeah. Except for my first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, even Mitski is um, Asian American and like. Cool. So all like cool. not white women. And yeah. I'm trying to surround myself with and like listen to those voices. Different. Particularly their art, because what I think is interesting is. There's this really important conversation about like as a white woman, I can't just like go to women of color and be like, please explain to me like what I need to know. But what I can do is see the art they put out in the world for an audience yeah. and I can listen to it and I can learn and from see it. See how people react to it and et cetera. Yeah. And That's so cool. That way I'm not asking women of color to do labor for me, but I'm paying attention to what they're putting into the world and I'm learning from them all the time. I love it. Um, two things to finish up. Um What's your definition of feminism right now today? I hate this question. I know, um, me too, so but, but I should have asked it at the beginning because mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a enigma. Yeah, so I think it's really important to, when like anytime you're trying to define feminism to just define feminisms. And I think that in that way, like there's there are always multiple because there are so many women in the world and there's not going to be one term. I think if I was trying to like universalize it in any sense – it's just like the battle against patriarchy and that shows up everywhere mm-hmm. and it it is a long i don't know i don't like the word battle though because it's very masculine so yeah. it's the resistance of patriarchy it's the survival in and resistance of patriarchy and, and the struggle and the overcoming mm-hmm. of the struggle the struggle Hopefully, and yeah. the thriving yeah the thriving despite the struggle right yeah um so great good concise love it um What's the difference between feminism and humanism? I also don't like this question. Um, So feminism, I think... I saved the bad ones for the end. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, And it's an important question because... Because my ex-boyfriend was very... I'm not a feminist, I'm a humanist. humanist. I'm like, you're an asshole, actually. (laughs) I broke up with him. Um, (laughs) That's what you are. You're an asshole. Asshole. Assholeist. Yeah. Assholeist. So... yeah. Um, So... Feminism. Oh my god, he might be listening. He kind of listens to my stuff sometimes. That's fine. If he he can now learn why he shouldn't say that, which is mostly just to say that like feminism recognizes that there is this like socially constructed position of being a woman, whatever that means. So in the very beginning of my book, I talk about this. Like I say, like anytime I say women in this book, I mean anyone who identifies as a woman or with communities of women, but I also mean this like socially constructed, societally oppressed position of woman which is always second class citizen to man which is always like makes less money gets less influence like all of these things and so the importance of feminism is to point out that socially constructed position and to combat the way that it's been like to resist the way that it's been oppressed and your approach is from the inside out yes i want to cultivate feminine power yeah which is like you're you're looking at it as a, a global issue that can only be solved by a global presence of people who through and through through to their heart have these mantras or know or live it they don't they don't just say i'm a feminist they show that they're feminist they breathe live and you know eat I think it right it, or, i mean i think it has to be about cultivating that consciousness i would say that i would I can't collaborate. It's collaborative, but I also can't just to touch on one thing you said. I can't claim it's global because my like Western, particularly American mindset is like, that's really all I know and all I can speak to. So I don't want to try to make claims for other cultures that I don't know or live. Um, I mean, I've had to learn. Like, I've been called out. I've learned how to really talk. Yeah. I mean, what was one of the more just like very kindly just like in conversation it's what I learned by listening to people's art is like that I can't make claims that this is global what I can say is in like my American political context that I know and live in I think we have to cultivate Mm -hmm. these our own consciousness Mm -hmm. and then collaborate with other women and and learn about other people other countries and and what's their version yeah I hope so everybody has their own history and everything exactly but what I can say to speak back to like 
feminist and humanist is like feminism and being a feminist recognizes that like society constructs this position of womanhood and being a woman and oppresses it saying that you're a humanist and you believe in all humans and that all humans are equal is like really nice but just erases that societal oppression it erases the fact that that exists and we need it assumes that we're all level which we're not no at all at all not even close thank you so much for joining me this is awesome. Me. And that hour flew the fuck by. Yeah. It Sorry. Did. I need to cut that out because we're all be mad. <laughs> um, I've really gotten better at the swearing, be- at not swearing because yeah. of my mom started, I taught her how to listen. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> and um, and then I was like, you know, every feedback's like, you should swear less because you sound stupid. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I have guests on that swear a lot, some of them will be like, oh, yeah, my mom listened and didn't like the swearing part. But otherwise, it was great. Yeah. But then now you guys are like <laughs> on air. So on we air, don't, do, so you don't do that anymore. So do you have to tell people? Um, so we pre-record. So I just have to beep, oh. beep it all out. Sweet. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. So uh, 50 Feminist Mantras is the name of the name of the book, um, name of the game. 50 Feminist States will be the name of the podcast next year. Mm-hmm. Keep your ears out. But until then, get your eyes on this book for this next year because I'm going to be doing it. And I'm so thankful that you brought me a copy of, of my own. And I, I want to buy several for my girlfriends and boyfriends. And boy, I only have one boyfriend, but, you know, boy <laughs> space friends. Um, and, uh, yeah. Wow, this is really special. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank Anything, you for any me. final words? How can someone listen to this podcast? How? What's one thing? Why don't you just read me your favorite one? Oh gosh, I, to, I don't know if I have a favorite one. Okay, read me, read me uh, number twenty-seven. <laughs> I'm kidding. Or you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there isn't a number twenty-seven. Oh yeah, right. Because well, because they start by season. Oh, okay. no season has twenty-seven. I was like, I thought there were fifty. <laughs> Um, there are 50, but I don't know what number 27 would be. There's no table of contents. Um, okay, so the second mantra for spring is called, the mantra is grow soft. Love it. Grow yeah, soft. grow soft. And here's what I, what I say about it. Normally we think of power as an outward show of strength, as an accumulation of money and knowledge, as a force to be reckoned with. This Donald is, Trump. Yeah, precisely. Sorry, wait, sorry that's <laughs> No, that's kind of what I had in mind. Um, this is generally a phallic power that emphasizes traditionally masculine traits. This power's slogan might be go hard. But soft power is power that is cultivated and grows on the inside. It's the strength you shore up in your spirit that shines through your smile as self-assurance. It's a female or feminine or feminist power that attempts to redefine the traits we value in society. This power doesn't tell you to go hard. It tells you to grow soft. This week's mantra is an exploration of the power that comes through self-knowledge and vulnerability. It's about attending to each crack in our seams as a potential opening to the world rather than a dangerous flaw. This will help us break down the walls that keep us from others rather than reinforcing them and building new ones. What does grow soft mean to you this week? How can you grow softer? I just feel like I have to snap for that because that was very poetic and lovely. And I think you have a great voice. And if you did record it for an, I think it would be a great audio book or a podcast. Yeah. You know what I've been wanting to do podcast wise? This is just me talking to you as another uh, artist of the audio sphere Mm -hmm. Um, is a a morning motivation podcast. Yeah. I think and now that I read this out loud, like it would make a nice like meditation. Ha. (laughs) It's totally different though. But it is. It is, but I think as far as like you reaching a bigger audience, why not? What do you have to lose if you just record three of them and then say, hey, pay me $5 for the rest or whatever, <laughs> you know, or however much for yeah. the audiobook. If yeah. you record three and then like put them out there, like people will listen. And you, it could be a meditation because you could read the first thing, have some nice music by whoever in the background, mm-hmm. and then say, close your eyes put your feet flat on the ground whatever mm-hmm. and then ask the question every 30 seconds ask another question and and they're yeah. just closing their eyes thinking yeah that's really nice i haven't thought about this but maybe i'll work on that i'm just that like be next no yeah. I, I think it's i think it's a good idea i'm just like i think everything's a podcast no i like i like the audio idea yeah. i still don't like the like digital book so much right. no me neither. That, me neither the audio like meditation isn't something you have to write so i yeah. think it makes sense as like right. that sort of thing 
Yeah, Beautiful. and I'm I'm about to start a meditation podcast myself. So Brad. that's just something that I'm thinking about a lot. No, that makes sense. And I'm doing an event in January, and I have a woman who runs a meditation studio coming to do cool mantra, like mantras from my book. What's the event? Tell me about it. Is it's it, just going to be like a launch party for the book. Is it a pay to go or I think it'll be yeah like five bucks it's gonna be very inexpensive where is it um it'll be at the living room which is on north avenue uh on sunday january 7th and a friend of mine who runs who works in a meditation studio is going to do meditations from the book another friend is going to do like creative energy practice um and we're going to hang out and probably drink tea and then maybe some wine and talk about setting intentions for 2018 if you want to go how do you go uh, there's going to be an Eventbrite page I haven't made yet. So you can Great. find it, you can find it on my website, which you know, is ameliafreebie.com. Perfect. Or you can like Lisa FM on Facebook, which I've never promoted that, but I'm just saying, then you <laughs> can send it, it to me. Perfect. Yeah. Cause you yeah. know, my five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and her four of her friends. That would be great. Kidding. I'd love for them to come. <laughs> I want to. I'm going to be there January 7th. That's. Yeah. I don't have anything in January yet. So perfect. Yeah, I need to get it. The like event made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you will. Um. There's time. Uh. January feels like three years from now. Anyway. I know. It's like less than a month. I know. Isn't it weird? It's How so that, weird. that end of the end of the year like i don't know it's next year yeah no, it's very <laughs> i actually strange. just bought my new planner today because yep. i also like to write things down um as evidenced by this napkin <laughs> which i will read you yeah. i re- first i wrote girls because i was like doing the girls logo while we were talking yeah. about lena dunham and then i was like oh <laughs> so i wrote brown <laughs> and then i wrote down a lot of random shit making oprah mm-hmm. um yeah field guide to getting lost that's something that i'm gonna get and then santa claus of course okay so thank you again for coming on the podcast of course um amelia ruby ruby um ruby uh (laughs) aka writer audio star um dj and and general uh wonderful sensitive soft power feminist (laughs) There you go. Like you're that. just like uh, you're. What's her name? Audrey, oh, the God. warrior. <laughs> I will not claim that. Okay. I mean, she's way way out of my league. Well, you'll get that. <laughs> um, thank you again, and uh, you know, go fight the fight, or yeah. don't fight the fight. Kiss the. It's really hard to figure out. I, I, I keep using battle words too, but yeah. it's, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We have to invent it's new language. language. And, yeah. We'll invent new stuff. Exactly. Good. Um, so again, lastly, last final plug, 50 Feminist Mantras. Go to ameliafreebie.com or I will include a link in this um, on the Facebook post. Thank you again for being here, Amelia, for the eighth time. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is Lise FM. As eternal, we thought it unwind. We'll persevere in times we had when we still were blind. Just memories to us all that I can see ahead on their waters in a sea of sand, safe and sound, and the lost and found. It's darker days, still I won't change. The seas will move. Bad friends to one side I'm sick of holding chains of